From Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News, this is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education policy and education politics. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. We could say it every week during the legislative session, but what a crazy week at the legislature. But this really was a crazy week at the legislature. A lot of moving parts, including maybe the biggest moving part of them all, the ever-elusive school funding formula bill that may be bills. <laughs> it, it, the, the story continues to unfold and unfolded really Friday morning in House Education Committee where you were at, Clark. So take it from there. Yeah, this is very late breaking in terms of the podcast. We're also recording this Friday morning, but uh, House Education Committee Chairman Lance Clow used Friday's meeting, the end of it, to kind of brace his committee for the introduction of a funding formula bill as early as 8.30 coming up on Monday morning. And this is the bill that we have been waiting just over two months to see, yes. right, Kevin? Mm-hmm. It's sort of been a cloud hanging over the entire legislative session, and at least as far as it relates to education issues. It's been three years in the making. Of course, we're talking about that proposal to abandon Idaho's 25-year-old attendance-based funding formula and replace that with a new enrollment-based funding model where the money follows the student. Right. That's that's at the very basic level what we're looking at. It's been in the works for three years. It's been percolating. It's been debated behind closed doors and in small groups. Uh, and we may finally see an actual bill introduced Monday, but we don't think it will necessarily be the only proposal up because there's kind of two, there's a couple different drafts that have been in the work. There's Folks on the interim committee have been working on one. House Education sort of took that as a starting point, but then made it its own, uh, working with members of the House and Senate and the major education groups, uh, the groups that we call stakeholders sometimes. But at this point, we're bracing for a very, very, very late introduction of what could be the most important education bill of the session, and, right? And, and potentially competing versions of the yep. same bill. So as we speak here late. Friday morning. This could all change by the time we post this podcast. It could all change by the time you listen to this podcast. But what we're hearing at this point, signs point to the fact that there may be multiple versions of this funding formula bill. The the version that uh, Lance Clow is hoping to introduce in House Education may be just one version. I spoke to Senator Dean Mortimer, the, the, the chair of the Senate Education Committee, on Friday morning, and he indicated that the issue had been kind of handed off back to the Senate and that the Senate may introduce a version of the bill. And the process is a little bit, bit funky, and we explain this in the story yeah. at news.org. But the long story short here is that Senator, Senator Mortimer is talking about another version, a version of a funding formula bill coming up in the Senate. So we could have multiple different versions of this formula with uh, different components present, uh, different components missing. We don't know what this is going to look like and what this, uh, what the various bills are going to look like um, at this hour. And who knows what we're going to see come Monday and beyond. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the issue. Let's talk a little bit about the timing. And I think the lateness of the session is very much a factor. I uh, There's no set date for adjournment. And, and the debate over Medicaid expansion really could uh, affect the uh, end of the session. But I have a marathon hearing on a Medicaid bill this uh, morning Friday. that's going to continue into Friday afternoon. So, yes, that's definitely... Uh, that's going to hang up adjournment one way or the other. But I feel like, depending on how that goes, based on the progress made so far with the budgets, 
I think that maybe we're looking at two more full weeks of business yes. in the legislature, perhaps a little bit more, but legislative leaders are very much working to adjourn the session this month. How do we know that? Uh, the biggest indicator is we see morning and afternoon floor sessions where they're yes. trying to uh, clear out all the House bills and send them over to the Senate and vice versa. Clear out the Senate bills from the Senate, send those to the House. Uh, the budgets, other than one budget, we will talk about in a couple of minutes. The budgets are pretty well moving along, moving uh, along yes. except Failing for one hiccup that we'll get to. But I really think about two weeks left. And so normally, under normal legislative conditions, that would not be near enough time for a major bill to be introduced, pass out of committee, pass one floor, go to the other committee, pass the other floor. However, um, when I spoke with uh, Lance Clow, chairman of the House Education Committee, he said it really comes down to the will of leadership. And, and Kevin, you and I have been around enough and followed enough legislative sessions to find that there are bills that can be introduced literally on the second to last day of the session and make their way through the whole oh, yeah. legislative yeah. process and still be signed into law. And so absolutely, if, legis if legislative leadership... If there's the consensus, and that's the most important thing, if the consensus is there, they can put these bills on a fast track, they can suspend rules, they can take things up out of order. If they do have the support to move forward, this bill could move forward. But if they don't have the support, very, very late in the game to rebound, at least the way I think about the, it. The, the prevailing sentiment that we're hearing is we hope we can get something done this session. That's what you heard from... Uh, Representatives Clow and, mm -hmm. and Kirby, the vice chairman of, of the House Education Committee today. When I spoke to Representative Wendy Horman, uh, who was the House co-chair of the interim committee that spent three years working on the funding formula, and I asked if there are competing versions of this bill, what do you think the prospects are of getting something done? She's hopeful that a compromise can be reached and that something can be done this session. When you spoke to Governor Brad Little last week for a story that went live at idahoednews.org on Thursday. He said, I hope we can get this done this legislative session, but you know, we don't necessarily have to get it done this legislative session. He so, said, yeah, he so said hope it, is the prevailing word here, but yeah. not wow, we gotta get this done and you know, we can't leave town without it being finished. And let's just talk about the stakes. We know it's going to be a major bill, something on the order of maybe sixty-five pages of legislation. That in itself is tough, especially for a committee like House Education, which I'm just going to go out right now and predict that House Education, for folks that want to follow this process, will be the biggest hurdle, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps, for a funding formula bill. They have a history and a track record this year and over the last couple of years of really scrutinizing legislation and administrative rules. Not a lot has made it out of House Ed this year. So I think that really, could be the biggest hurdle. And, and really not as much institutional understanding or memory of this funding formula debate over the past three years. And that's not a criticism. That's just an observation. Several you new have, members. You have several new legislators on the House Education Committee. You don't have as many folks who have been involved intimately in this uh, funding formula rewrite. Uh, I mean, I guess John McCrosty, one of the Democrats on the committee, is probably the one member of House Education who's been on that funding formula committee the longest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I contrast that to the Senate Education Committee, where you have several members who have been involved in this funding formula issue for, for quite some time. I mean, Dean Mortimer, uh, Chuck Winder is the Senate co-chair of the, the funding formula committee, uh, Lori Dan Hartog. Uh, who replaced Stephen Thane, who'd been on the committee for a while. Uh, Jamie Ward-Engelking, one of the Democrats on Senate Education, has been on the funding formula committee. So a pretty 
intimate understanding of the funding formula issue in that Senate Education Committee. A little bit different just in terms of the learning curve in a House Education Committee. And that has nothing to do with ideology, and that's not a criticism. That's just an observation. that You've got folks in that committee who are probably trying to learn about a very complicated issue on the fly. Who are very, very much getting up to speed on just the mechanics of, of how things work. And and the school budget is, is very complicated, right? And it's the biggest general fund expense every year for the state of Idaho. K-12 public school spending is about 49% of the entire state general fund budget. So there's a lot of scrutiny being applied to this bill. It's a very complicated bill. It's very involved and very lengthy. And we have had concern uh, it looks like the stakeholders have gotten together and are working on a compromise, but we have had concern about the winners and losers under a new funding formula, about what this would do to the career ladder salary law, which has proved very popular over the past year. What could this do to some of our small remote, remote school districts? Yeah. What could this do to school districts that have a lot of special needs or at-risk or alternative students? There's a lot of moving parts, and so far, it hasn't appeared to me that these proposals have enjoyed the kind of widespread acclaim and support that would be necessary to move them quickly out of committee to the floor. But that may have happened over the last week as the as the education groups and the stakeholders have gotten together with different bill drafters. And so we'll be really looking closely to see what kind of reception this gets on Monday. Um, but a lot going on, a lot of money involved, a lot of moving pieces, complicated legislation, and there's a lot of newer members on House Education that have questions about this, questions about the role of government, questions about how policy and um, funding decisions mm -hmm. bump together, and that's always a huge legislative issue, and we've seen bills killed over that before, the policy side of things versus the budget budgetary side of things and, and having checks and balances and not having too much influence go to one group or the other, that's killed bills in the past, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, so very hard, very hard to handicap what happens from here. Uh, this is going to be, for us on the education front, this may not be the going home issue for the legislative session, but it's definitely uh, an issue that's going to consume a lot of our time and energy uh, next week and, and beyond because... Uh, impossible to tell where this is going to go from here, but it will be interesting to watch. Yeah, if you want to follow the, the discussion play out for yourself, we expect, although we have not seen the official agenda yet, we expect 8.30 Monday morning, and Hal said that a funding formula bill could be up for introduction. You can follow our Twitter page, at Idaho Ed News, for updates. You can follow the homepage at www.idahoednews.org. The legislature also live streams the audio uh, from the committee hearings. And we'll have a report Monday with whatever the latest is. If we learn any more Friday afternoon, we'll uh, try to update with the latest is. But the best thing would be we're bracing for a big week next week and possibly a two-week, two-week-plus sprint to the finish where a major education bill could be taking center stage uh, at the last parts of the legislative session, right? Right. Meanwhile, as we were reminded on Thursday, strange things can happen at the legislature yeah. uh, at really any point. Unlikely was, allies coming together. <laughs> this is a very strange uh, development, and it kind of and it does kind of dovetail into our conversation about the funding formula. A fairly innocuous, fairly small budget in the, in the context of education funding in general, about a six million dollar budget for the state board of education failed on the House floor. Really unexpectedly. I mean, 
House Speaker Scott Bedke, I, I pigeonholed him after the vote, and he said this was not on his radar. Uh, Wendy Horman, I spoke to her afterwards. She was surprised. So what happened here, and why did it happen, and what does it mean? Um, this uh, state board budget doesn't include a lot of money. Well, it doesn't include any money for day-to-day -day education operations for K-12 or for charter schools or for higher education. It does include a couple of line items that were noteworthy, some money to help the state board review uh, applications for the master teacher premiums. It included a $100,000 line item for a uh, for Governor Little's new education task force. It does include one new position. This would have been an administrative position to to sort of look for savings in the higher education system. And this rankled kinda, the Liberty legislators. Kind of like the CEO that yeah. the, the former Governor Otter talked about last legislative session. So echoes of that. But really, in the big context, you know, two days after the same House of Representatives sailed through the seven K-12 budgets, $1.9 billion of spending on schools with hardly any debate and not a lot of uh, dissenting uh, votes. This was the bill that became the fight, and, and really on a couple of different fronts. So you had conservative House members raising concerns about pieces of the budget. You had Barbara Ehart uh, talk about that administrative position that was included yeah. in the budget. Right about the time that the Idaho Freedom Foundation had scored the bill and criticized the bill online, saying that, you know, complaining about how it continued the growth of the State Board of Education, yeah. adding another position to the State Board of Education on top of new positions that have been added in the past few years. So the Freedom Foundation, which carries some weight, has some clout with uh, legislators on the right, in, that scoring came out at just about the time that the uh, House was taking up the bill. The bill probably still would have passed even over the objections of conservatives were it not for the fact that 12 of the 14 House Democrats joined the right wing in voting against the bill, albeit for a lot different reasons. I mean, the House Democrats were not worried about their freedom score. No, no, no. no. You spoke with House Minority Leader Matt Erpelting, a Democrat from Boise. He said this was kind of a statement vote but the statement they were making is interesting, and it will come back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, right? Right. So he said that on one level, the Democrats are concerned about under, underfunding of education in general. Sure. But he also said that there is a concern that now we're heading into the home stretch on this funding formula, and he feels like Democrats have been excluded from the conversation, that they've not had a seat at the table so that was what he told me and what he told Nathan Brown, the reporter from the Idaho Falls Post-Register, in the aftermath of that vote. So what does all of this mean? Well, it, it kind of illustrates some deeper fissures on the school funding formula debate. I mean, it kind of indicates that Democrats are a little bit concerned that they've been left out of this process. And it kind of it, it shows what a fragile coalition it might take to get any kind of a funding formula bill through this legislature, through this House of Representatives. What this means in the the process at the state house is uh, the Joint Finance Appropriations Committee will have to write a new budget for the State Board of Education. It has to be nominally different than the bill that failed uh, on the House floor on Thursday. They have to they have to change it by at least a hundred bucks. Yep. One way or the other, could be more, could be less, but it has to be a different bottom line figure. That bill will take time to develop. I mean, JFAC will have to come back in, they'll have to rewrite the, the bill, and that then goes through you know, drafting, and that takes a few days. So 
it's maybe not a hiccup that necessarily extends the legislative session directly, but it is a, a speed bump at the point where the legislature was hoping to wrap up funding bills, wrap up budgets, and be that much closer to adjournment. I think that's a great point, Kevin. I view it as a speed bump, a bump in the road. The failure of that bill in itself will not keep us here into April. We know that. that, that that's probably not going to happen. But it could be a sign of some concern or some division or some frustration among the ranks in a couple of different areas. And if that continued to fester, that could manifest itself in all kinds of other things coming together to potentially uh, extend the session or gum up the works or, you know, take things off track. And so this one bill failing itself, the six and a half million dollars, it's not, nobody thinks that the state board funding is going to be zeroed out for the upcoming year, that's not going to happen. Right. They will rewrite the bill. It will pass. That will not keep it into April. But if these different groups continue to have concerns and if these coalitions team up, then they could really make some noise that really could uh, they, they really could throw a wrench yeah, in adjournment it's plans. It's a shot across the bow, and it kind of comes from... Saber rattling. <laughs> Name your war metaphor. Yeah. Insert it here. We'll, we'll pause for a couple of seconds. But no, I mean, it, it it's... Conservatives in, in the House sending a message. It's Democrats in the House sending a message. No, I don't think that this legislature is going to not fund a new task force for education as little has requested. Yes, I do think that they fund this position to look for savings in higher education, even though there are, there are some conservatives who may not like the position, who may not like the salary of the position. I think that all kind of probably still happens and it's worth noting that this uh, state board budget did not include funding for the Opportunity Scholarship, which we've talked about a lot a this different session. One. Yep. That's a different state board budget that hasn't come up yet. So I don't know if any of these line items, any of these initiatives are, any, are in any serious peril. But, yeah. A message was a, sent. A message was sent, and JFAC now has to kind of regroup and recalibrate and, you know, move a hundred bucks at least around somewhere in, in the budgets to come up with a new bill. So we'll keep our eyes out on that. And if there are further surprises along the way in, in, on the House floor or the Senate floor, we'll be there for it. We'll be there. I mean, that's the thing. We'll be there every day uh, until the session is over and these issues are wrapped up. All right, the big finish, the lightning round. You've been tracking a handful uh, of education bills and two of the more controversial ones appeared dead for the session. You met with a couple different committee chairs and, and did some sleuthing around behind the scenes uh, the last couple of days. What bills were you tracking and what looks dead this year? Okay, so the Guns and Schools bill, which we talked about uh, last week, which we saw introduced, that's dead for the legislative session. Uh, the chairman of the House State Affairs Committee, Stephen Harris, uh, says that there will not be another hearing on it. He feels like there needs to be more stakeholder input. Uh, the sponsor of that bill is Chad Christensen, a Republican from Ammon. He's told Boise State Public Radio that he hasn't given up on the idea. But if the bill is in the House State Affairs Committee and the chair of the House State Affairs Committee says that there's not going to be a hearing, that's a pretty uh, that's pretty tough to overcome. Yeah, Christensen's a first-year lawmaker. He may not really realize how few of options he has left at this point, but maybe there's a surprise in the works that we don't know about. So give him the benefit of the doubt. But that was the one that would let... What, anyone with an enhanced concealed? Enhanced concealed weapon uh, permit holder would be able to uh, bring a gun into school. The other bill that 
did pass the House, but is not going to get a hearing on the Senate side. This was the immunization opt-out bill. This was the bill that would have required public schools, private schools, private daycare centers to provide parents with, with information about immunization opt-out, their prerogative mm-hmm. to opt their kids out of immunizations. At the same time, those parents are provided information about immunizations and the immunizations that the state recommends. Passed the House on not quite a party, party line vote, but passed fairly uh, handily. Senate, uh, Senate Health and Welfare Committee Chair uh, Fred Martin, uh, Republican from Boise, says he will not hear the bill. And he's adamant. I, I've spoken to him twice about this uh, this week. I uh, spoke to him just this morning. And he said, I am hearing from people in the health industry. I'm hearing from educators. I'm hearing from school administrators. And they're all on the same side on this immunization issue. Those are the people I've been listening to. Yeah. Those are the people I'm going to continue to listen to. He is adamant about the importance of kids getting immunized, and he does not want to um, entertain legislation to the contrary. Uh, Representative Priscilla Giddings, uh, the Republican from Whitebird, who is pushing for this opt-out bill, as you would expect, she was pretty upset at the developments uh, on the Senate side and, and suggested that, uh, you know, that Martin as that the future is, of the republic is in danger because of this bill yeah, being yeah. killed. And, and, and said that, you know, one committee chair should not be able to use his or her power like this to to kill legislation. But this is That's what the happens. system we have. This is the system. This is the you know, committee chairs have this power. And, you know, depending on which side of a sensitive issue you're on, you're either saying, you know, hooray, we got a a, a chair who's you know, got the gumption and the conviction to kill a bad bill, or if you, if you like the bill, you're going to say, no, oh, that, that rotten so-and-so is, is you know, you know, squashing a bill that's really important and really, you know, really essential. You know, we have this debate every year, and you know, every year it seems like you've got you know, you know, a bill that passes one house and dies on the other side of the rotunda because a chair has decides uh, not to advance it. And then we see the tensions between the House and the Senate kind of, you know, increase. Like, there's some hard feelings sometimes. Um, But, yeah, that's the system. It's part of the end game. It's part of the system we have, part of the end game. Uh, One other controversial bill that I am following, uh, the sex ed opt-in bill that would reverse procedures around sex ed classes right now so that they would not be taught unless parents specifically opted their children in. That bill passed the House overwhelmingly along party-line vote uh, earlier this week. It's headed for the Senate. Uh, Remains to be seen what will happen in the Senate. We haven't seen it go anywhere quite yet. Um, It's a little early. It's a little early. on Wednesday, so we'll watch and see what happens. We'll watch and see. That bill very much alive did pass the House, is on its way uh, to the Senate. Uh, If you want to get caught up on Basically, anything as the session goes forward, give us a follow on Twitter at Idaho Ed News. Follow the homepage every day, www.idahoednews.org. If you want even more, I will be on Idaho Reports this Friday night at 8 on Idaho Public Television talking about the funding formula, the big education initiatives. You can, of course, catch that show at Idaho Public Television's website all weekend. And I'm on Boise State Public Radio Friday at noon, rebroadcast at 8, talking about the education issues of the week. We're, we're just... We're in, we're, in, we're in demand this time of year. Everybody wants to talk to us. All right. The big sprint to the finish. We don't know what's going to happen. Several important bills hanging in the balance. A few controversial proposals remain. It's going to be a fascinating next two, three weeks or so. 
Uh, and we'll be busy. Uh, and, 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 and yes, and a lot to read at idahoednews.org, not just the daily uh, doings at the legislature. Uh, Clark, you've got a, a really nice feature and an interview with uh, Governor Little uh, about early education, about early reading, about you know his push for literacy, and where he sees the education issues of the session at this point in time. Really good stuff, so you want to check that out as well. All right, thanks so much. We always have a lot of fun on the Extra Credit Podcast. We will be back next week for sure. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week. 